One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Guys! In a row? Welcome to Nine Guys Dynasty Football. I am Jamie G, Esquire the Fifth, Master of Analytics. I'm here with Magnum Mills to talk about the dynasty value of nine guys in a row. I am Magnum Mills. I am a founding member of the nine, no relation to the seven. Thanks for checking us out. Nine Guys Dynasty is presented by Seize Gap Fantasy Football. You can find the podcast wherever you get your pods by searching for Seize Gap. You can find our YouTube channel at JoeBlowFootballShow.com, and we're on social media at FF. If you could, please just take a second to like, comment, rate, follow, subscribe. Just do one of those things. Take it like 10 seconds. Really helps us out a lot. It helps people find the show, and we very much appreciate it. Yes, we do. What do you think, Mills? You ready to do another roster breakdown here? Oh, man. We're going to do that pre-NFL draft startup we did last year, right? The uh, the, the infamous uh, Malik Willis draft, I believe it was. Yep. Because we had a bit of a rough startup draft. This team needs some major T-Boz, Left Eye, and Chili to have a chance to contend next season. Are you saying that we got caught chasing waterfalls or that we don't want no scrubs? A little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. Enough beating around the bush here. Let's break down this dynasty team that we co-own and figure out what the hell we're going to do to contend for a title this upcoming season. If you've watched or listened to any of our roster breakdowns before, you probably heard this, but it's important. So I am going to repeat it for anybody who didn't catch it before. Before we dive into our actual roster, we're just going to do an overview of what we're trying to accomplish this offseason. This is something that I do every year for all of my Dynasty teams. I would recommend that you do the same. First thing you want to do is just get a spreadsheet, piece of paper, whatever. Ideally a spreadsheet, but if you're old school, you can use a piece of paper. Just lay out your assets. You want to know what your roster is and what future draft picks you have. If there's any kind of fab or contracts or anything like that, you're in that kind of league, write that down too. And then you want to break your team down by position. Try to identify your strengths and weaknesses. If you need to make roster cuts in the offseason, identify the players who would be your cuts if you had to make them right now, and then evaluate your draft picks. We're getting closer to the point. Once we get maybe the uh, the senior bowl in the books here, we can start trying to do some more mock draft stuff like that. It's a little too early to try to dig into the minutia of, you know, do you want a top six pick, top seven pick or whatever, but you want to at least get a feel for what those draft picks might you know turn into in the future. Get an idea. You're looking to maybe move up move down, you may be going to trade out for a play, you know, a different player entirely, get out of the draft, and then go around your league, take a look at the other teams, try to figure out where each team is in their cycle. Are they a contender? Are they a rebuilder? Are they somewhere in the middle? And then finally try to match up with the teams who have what you want and also need something that you have to offer. Again, going back to your positions of strength and weakness there. And then just set a couple goals for what you want to accomplish overall this offseason. Check back in on those goals kind of in early to mid-August as we really gear up for the final stretch run before the season starts. And just so everyone knows, this is a FFPC Superflex head-to-head league. Pretty standard stuff here, PPR scoring, but it's important to note this is a tight end premium league. So tight ends get that one and a half point per reception. We like that. Who you start in your starting lineup here is one quarterback, two running backs, two wide receivers, one tight end, one super flex, one standard flex, which is running back, wide receiver, or tight end in that flex position, and then one kicker, one defense, and special teams. Now, you can carry up to 20 players in season with three IR spots, but we do have to cut down to 16 players by the end of March. 
you have to carry a valid starting lineup, which means you can only keep 14 positional players. We've got all seven of our 2023 and 2024 rookie draft picks. In 2023, we have the third pick in every round. We've also got the 2.02, 2.11, the 2.11, the 3.11, the 5.09, the 6.09, and the 7.09. So we do have kind of a bevy of draft picks. If not, you know, the 1.03 is nice. The the 202, 203, those are all in the top 15 picks of the draft. So that's pretty solid in a super flex league. And unlike the first team that we broke down, this was actually legitimately a pretty bad team. We finished last in victory points, second to last in total points. We did have the second most points scored on us. So we were both, you know, bad and unlucky. And that's a real formula for kind of finishing towards the bottom of the league. We went young in the startup draft. So I'm not shocked that we had a rough season. But again, this was pre-NFL draft. We missed kind of on our evaluations of the the rookie classic quarterbacks here because they all wound up falling quite a bit further than we would have pictured. So... Yeah, you know, it was a rough season, but there is some light at the end of the tunnel here. That lays out our draft assets. What does this roster look like? All right, I'll start at QB, work my way down to the tight end position. At quarterback, we have Patrick Mahomes, Mac Jones, Malik Willis, Bailey Zappi, and Marcus Mariota. At running back, we have Ramondre Stevenson, Rashad White, Kenneth Gainwell, and Pierre Strong. At wide receiver, we have Drake London, Jerry Judy, Kadarius Toney, Romeo Dubs, and Chase Claypool. At tight end, we have Kyle Pitts. Dallas Goddard, Greg Dulcich, Cole Komet, Trey McBride, and Isaiah Likely. I'm going to try to break down these position groups here. Now, starting at quarterback, you know that my personal preference will always be Josh Allen, but Patrick Mahomes is an absolute blue chip elite dynasty QB1. It's it's kind of weird. we got some interesting depth at quarterback, but I don't know that any of it really adds up to, to, to much of anything. Malik, Malik Willis definitely has the physical tools, flashed a little bit, but he is not a player that we can count on anything for in 2023. The rest just looks like depth and, and backup type stuff. Stevenson could be a strong running back one if we don't get Belichicked. I... <laughs> I like having Pierre Strong to go with him here. He could have a bigger role next season with Damian Harris headed into free agency. Rashad White is definitely a solid prospect, but what the hell? Who knows what the Bucks' offense is going to look like next season? So there's questions there. Gainwell is definitely interesting if the Eagles let Miles Sanders walk and don't make any other big additions at running back. That's a good one. We've got interesting upside at wide receiver as well, but... They'll all also have serious questions. I'm still really excited about Drake London and Jerry Judy look good down the stretch. See what happens if if there's a new offensive system there, which there looks to be. That being said, Kadarius Toney is the wild card here. If he really hits, that changes what we need quite a bit. Romeo Dobbs and and Claypool are decent depth pieces, depending on what happens at the quarterback position with, with each of those. And then at tight end, uh, this this is just this situation's pretty damn ridiculous. We've got six solid dynasty tight ends. That's not necessarily a bad thing, but when you're this overstacked at a position, you kind of lose some leverage in trade negotiations. We'll obviously need to move on from some of these guys. No way we're going to be able to keep all of them. Yes, that's a pretty solid assessment right there. I definitely remember like my home. Uh, like just home single, you know, season long league, no dynasty keeper aspect. Back in the day, my buddy took it was with Andrew Luck's rookie year, and he had Aaron Rodgers, then drafted Luck late, and he spent all year trying to trade one of them, but he wouldn't because everyone's like, well, you can't start them both, and he had no hand. And, you know, it's one thing if you have three or four tight ends, when you get up to like six, 
then other people are going to be like, all right, what are you going to do with six tight ends? You can really only start three, and that would be if you're not starting a second quarterback. So realistically, you can only start two of them, guys. So, yeah, we're probably going to have to do something with that. We've got 22 players overall, so we have to make six cuts right now. If we didn't make any moves, our current cuts would be Marcus Mariota, Bailey Zappi, Pierre Strong, Romeo Dubs, Isaiah Likely, Trey McBride. Overall, I'd say Marcus Mariota doesn't hurt too much. I don't think he's getting another starting gig, probably a backup at best. I do like the idea of holding on to Bailey Zappi in this league, especially because we own Mark, because we own Mac Jones. That way we have at least, I don't think you bring in Bill O'Brien to bench Mac Jones. I guess they could trade him. But again, this feels like more like a handcuff situation. But Zappi showed enough that I'm at least mildly interested in trying to keep him. Kind of same thing for Pierre Strong. We own Stevenson, so he's got a little bit more added value here. I like his chops as a pass catcher. He could maybe get into that James White role, but that's probably still a little bit down the road here. In a vacuum, I'd probably cut Chase Claypool before Romeo Dubs, but I think the fact that the Bears wound up giving up the 32nd pick in the draft for Claypool is going to lead them to try to feature him more, whereas who knows how Dubs will fit with Jordan Love because it's looking like it might go that way. You, you know, I like Dubs, but a lot of the, the you know, the real allure of him was, you know, being able to have all these targets coming from Aaron Rodgers because of kind of the target vacuum there. And I, I love Isaiah Likely's talent, and when he hits – free agency like three years from now he is going to be pretty great and you're going to want to have a piece of him but it's going to be really rough to carry him for another three years when he's basically just a mark andrews handcuff he could have some value in best ball you know one surprise if he has four or five touchdowns next year even if andrews plays every game but still again he's a handcuff tight end it's very hard we've seen very few nfl rosters ever support two viable fantasy tight ends at the same time and you've got trey mcbride who finally broke out at the end of the season after being a second round pick first tight end off the board some targets will open up down there if they trade away deandre hopkins but again new coaching staff new scheme kyler murray's out, out with the acl so at this point i think i would prefer greg dulcich just simply because we saw more from him on his time on the field than we did you know with mcbride who yeah he did break out a little bit at the end but it was also with backup quarterbacks and meaningless games where they had you know they had no other options really we got a lot of draft picks here, man, and, and good draft picks at that. This has me pretty damn excited. I mean, we got 13 picks in the upcoming draft, including that 1.03 like that, and then three three of the first 15 picks. Uh, that's awesome. And five of the first 27 picks. I mean, this is a good position for us. We have final cutdowns before the regular season starts where we have to get down to that 20 players. So how do we do, you know, how, how do we best utilize all of our draft picks here? I mean, I think you probably, you know, just start at the top at the, the 1.03 in Superflex. I think you're going to see a pretty clear kind of top tier of three guys with Bijan Robinson, Bryce Young, and CJ Stroud. Granted, if maybe someone, you know, surprisingly takes Levis over Stroud or something like that, that could maybe change a little bit. But given our roster, I think there's a chance that we might want to try to move up to guarantee one of those quarterbacks. I don't think we want to move back out of that tier here because we could also use Bijan if he falls to us there. I mean, on the flip side, you can also try to trade the 103 to get like a solid quarterback too, instead of just drafting a rookie. The question is, you know, can we get hot, a, a young, good quarterback we'd want with the 103 or how much would we have to add to it to say, get into that, you know, uh, Justin Herbert, Kyler Murray, Lamar, like somewhere in that kind of range. So I think that's kind of what you're looking at if you're not going to, you know, stick put there and take one of those top three guys. 
I don't disagree. I think it all depends on who we could get. This we, as you mentioned, we have a pretty young roster. I don't know why "pretty young" thing by Michael Jackson just came in my head, and that's always a good day when that does. I wanna love you. So I don't know who would work here uh, that we could get for the one point zero three. Looking at the rankings, maybe, maybe we could get Kyler Murray, Deshaun Watson. I worry about them continuing to lose value. <sighs> And and the weird thing is, is that's not something that you worry about with Bryce Young or CJ Stroud. You think they're only going to kind of continue to gain to gain value. You almost always see that. Like, look at even after a, a pretty horrible first year, Zach Wilson and Trey Lance did not lose a lot of value going into year two. So I think in that case, you're always better off with the younger guys because there's always someone there who's hoping. I mean, I, I just today, I think, had somebody try to offer me some kind of package with Zach Wilson and Tom Brady for Joe Burrow. And that was a yeah, that, that was a fun one. Uh good for you that yeah whoever offered me that trade offer yeah, go go uh yeah you know all right so we'll take a look at the other rosters in the league in a minute here you know maybe we can find some kind of deal that work but you're right we're trying to basically thread a very thin needle here to find a deal that would you know work for the kind of quarterback we would want at the right age and not giving up you know, a ton of more assets on top of that one of the three that's one pick out of the way. We still got another 12. We got to figure out what to do with. And, you know, looking back here, man, do, do we maybe overdo it a bit during the startup draft? Paraphrase Brett, Brett Favre. Yeah, I, I probably would have double bagged it here, so to speak. But going forward, we are in good shape. We don't want to actually make 13 draft picks. I doubt that we will. The key is to start looking around now try to make some consolidation trades. Really what we want to do is package these picks in an effort to either move up or transfer them into 2024. I always like to kind of have extra picks every year going forward. And even having some of these picks don't look like a lot on their own, but the ability to add them as sweeteners in trades will help us in negotiations because it's a lot easier to say throw in a random fourth than to try to figure out what other player you want to come off your roster or something like that. And as we look around the league here, it seems like a lot of teams are in contending mode right now i really only count in two teams that are legitimately rebuilding and two teams who are kind of stuck in the middle ground everyone else is basically a contender where do you want to start here mills i mean that makes a lot of sense because we are kind of one of those teams that went pretty young in the draft i think what we want to do here is look around and try to see if there's a team with a quarterback situation that might be compatible with what we have to offer uh, looking around at these rosters you see anything that you know kind of jumps out at you yeah, you know, team two has Jimmy G as his QB three. Um, and and as we look at teams with quarterbacks, they might be willing to move. I, I think that's a good opportunity for us with Jimmy G as a, as a QB three. We also have team three here. Uh, they've got Deshaun Watson, Lamar Jackson, and Daniel Jones. If Daniel Jones gets a contract extension, continues on in in uh, you know New York with the Giants, or or even goes somewhere else where he's going to get a starting look, I think that becomes valuable. It's going to be hard to keep all three of them. Uh, maybe they move one of them. Trey Lance had the had the injury. Who knows what's going on with the quarterback situation in San Francisco? And Jalen Hurts could become a top three paid quarterback. Uh, after he plays his next game. So again, we'll see who, you know, if he keeps all three. And then Team 11, they've got Josh Allen, Matthew Stafford, and Brock Purdy. One interesting thing here is everyone's kind of forgotten about Matthew Stafford. Now, the injury to Brock Purdy could make it so the guy doesn't want to move Stafford uh, because they're talking about maybe six months, maybe surgery here for Purdy. That doesn't sound good. Uh, but Stafford could be in line for a little bit of a bounce back year here, and he's kind of under the radar. So I'd, I'd like to have an opportunity to to consider him maybe 
I think that makes some sense because this is a not, you know, it's just a straight up league where you start your quarterback. It's not a best ball. I think it's more important here to have, you know, quality as opposed to depth in a best ball league. I don't mind my QB two QB three being a little bit weak because, you know, the computer's picking the best one every week here. We, you kind of want two of those lock them in starters. And I just don't think that that's what Jimmy G is. I, I think in the right environment, he could certainly be, you know, QB 10, QB 12, but I don't think he could really keep that up, so to speak. You know, I think you're probably looking at maybe a splash season. I like Daniel Jones because of his rushing ability, but I don't think I'll be comfortable with what the sticker price is. You had a lot of people who've been holding him for four years, waiting for just this moment to kind of check out high on him. And I do question what his value will be if the rushing offense isn't there, if that component, you know, I don't think he can just do it throwing alone. So I'm not sure how well he will age. Hate taking a chance on Trey Lance. Or Sam Howell. And I think Purdy almost becomes more interesting now because of the UCL thing. It's six months or nine months. He could, I wouldn't say worthless, but if he has to have a full like Tommy John surgery and he's basically out until the middle of next season, he's a guy you could acquire for pretty cheap. It's just the cost of having to hold him through cutdowns before you can tuck him on IR. But as we've seen, owning the 49ers quarterback in fantasy is a pretty good proposition. It's really tough to get a feel for this before we know how the quarterback carousel spins this offseason, as it always does. Let's look on the other side of this, though. Who are we trying to trade away? I know we've got the guys who are potential roster cuts, but who else should we be looking to move here? What kind of bargaining chips do we have, if any? I mean, it pretty much, I shouldn't say starts and ends, but the tight end position is really where we need to move some depth from. I'd typically start out towards the bottom here, see if we can move the Isaiah likely to the Mark Andrews owner, but I'm looking at that team. They're probably in trouble. They also have George Kittle to go with Mark Andrews. I don't think they'll have spare roster spots, so likely, unfortunately, we'll probably end up being a roster cut unless we want to attempt to just give him away, basically. And sometimes I would rather just let a guy go back in the draft. Someone will burn a fourth-round pick on him or something instead of trading him for a seventh-round pick. I'd rather almost force someone to use the draft capital to select him instead of just getting a seventh-round pick, which is a guy we will probably just cut. I do think Greg Dulcich and Trey McBride will have some trade value. It will just vary wildly from team to team based on where they are in kind of their life cycle. And because we don't have a ton of rebuilding teams, it'll be a little bit more touch-and-go with them, I think. So, so it sounds like that might make Goddard our best tight end to move here. I mean, he's he's top six dynasty tight end. But if if we really believe in Pitts, right, which we do, Dulcich and, and McBride, maybe we don't get as much value for them as we would for Goddard. Then he's he's really the guy we should consider moving here, right? If nothing else, I think it makes some sense to try to even make a lateral move and turn one of the tight ends into a wide receiver because we really are kind of banking on a little bit of actually a fair amount of potential as opposed to production. So I think that makes Team 10 pretty interesting. They need a tight end. They have Chris Oatlave, Eamon Ross St. Brown, Garrett Wilson, and Traylon Burks. They are one of the rebuilding teams, so they're probably one of the couple teams that might be interested in Dulcich or McBride. So I'd say kind of stick a pin in that one, circle back around to it. Uh, Team 7 has Devontae Smith and the 108. So there is possibly a match there, whether it be for Smith I, I think I'd want a little bit more than the 108 for uh, Goddard, but I think it gets you into the universe there at least. So, you know, again, because we have so much depth at the tight end position, we might have to take a little L, especially because in this league, there really aren't a ton of teams that are desperate for tight ends, despite the fact that we own like, you know, five of the top 15 dynasty tight ends. 
which is which is fascinating because it's a it's a tight end premium league. So you would think that it would put a little bit more emphasis on that, but it's just I guess it's just everyone did a pretty good Super job. Superflex is kind of the thing because you can only theoretically start two at a time then, which is instead of the normal three. So if this were non, you know, just a one QB league, I really wouldn't mind this much here. But because of the Superflex, I think it makes it more imperative that we try to at least balance our positions out a little more. Yeah. Well, let's let's take a look at this from a different angle here. We've got a bunch of mini stacks with London and Pitts and then Judy and Dulcic and now Claypool and Komet. Do you want me to try to make a move for one of those quarterbacks on, on their teams? I mean, theoretically, like stacking is a positive correlation in this way. But reality is that it's, you know, like the man said, it's it's more complex than that. I don't, the team two is the one that owns Justin Fields, and I don't think they would do it for the 103. You know, we could maybe try to flip it around there where we send uh, Komet Claypool to pick his way for Pat Fryermuth. Again, it's kind of still going to hurt because then we're still looking at three times it can't start, but sometimes you just need to like start trying to consolidate some of this talent in some way, shape, or form. I'm hesitant to overpay for Desmond Ritter, who we could link up with Pitts in London. I just don't want to deal for him now. I think you might be able to get him for one of our early second round picks, but there is definitely a chance that the Falcons make a trade. They draft a quarterback high. They sign somebody else, at least as competition. So I'm a little bit hesitant to give up an early second for a guy who's not even guaranteed to be a starter. And then Russell Wilson, dude. I mean, really like the team that has him only has him and Tua. So with those kind of questions, I, I think he probably isn't dealing one of those guys without getting another starting quarterback in return. And I just don't believe it, man. I don't think Wilson is going to have a big bounce back. I think he will play better than he did this year, but I don't think he's really ever going to be an elite fantasy asset going forward. So I'm really not willing to go after him unless you can legitimately vulture him. Yeah, hard to disagree with any of that. Honestly, it just feels like we joined a league with a bunch of owners who know what they're doing. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of good teams in this league, and it's tough to find any simple trades that work well for both sides. And, you know, I, I just we're going to have to kind of we got to start somewhere. And like you said, we, you know, we, we've got a young team. We're banking on potential. We'll see where it takes us. Yeah, I think it's one of those things you might have to do the, uh, what was it in What About Bob? Was it Baby Steps? Like you had to take like the the whole, I, I think that was it. And it was, I think it was, I was, was going to say Little Steps, but I think it was Baby Steps wound up being the name of the book. Shout out uh, What About Bob, very entertaining movie. But I think that's what we have to do. It's either going to be a bunch of little deals or we're going to need to put like five or six guys in a deal for five or six, you know, and have some kind of just huge monster trade. You know, I think we are a bit hamstrung because of our roster construction with all of the tight ends and being a little bit weak at the quarterback position, but having a bunch of depth there. I mean, I think you could probably make the argument, say, if you're willing to punt one more season, get one more round of high draft picks, we could really kind of, you know, make a monster because we've got solid pieces, but they just don't fit together well. So I think that's really what it is. It's just we have to start trying to move some of the guys we'll have to cut, try and consolidate some of our picks, some of our tight end depth, and just, you know, see what our roster looks like after we make a move or two and then go from there. It does look like at least one of the teams are for sale. Maybe some new blood will come in and maybe they won't know what they're doing. Maybe it'll get some trades flowing here. We'll see. That was nine guys presented by Seize the Gap Fantasy Football. Thank you for listening and or watching. We appreciate you. If you could, please go ahead and take the few seconds to like this YouTube video, rate the podcast wherever you're listening. Do both. Do one or the other. We don't care. Just do something. Helps other people find our show. We appreciate you. Thanks for checking us out. Magna Mills, did I miss anything? 
that was pretty good, man. You just remind people, you know, we're wherever you get your pods, just search for Seize the Gap on the social meds at Seize the Gap FF, that YouTube channels at JoeBlowFootballShow.com. And on behalf of myself, Magna Mills, and him, Jamie G, that was nine interesting thoughts of, about a dynasty roster. I mean, maybe there was nine. There were nine, and they were in a row. Of course they were. And it's just about time to shift into 2023 mode. If your favorite team is still alive in the playoffs, good luck to you. Thanks again for checking us out. And we'll be back next week to do nine more guys in a row. <laughs>